Thanks for tuning in to the All Things Melanin Podcast. Be sure to subscribe, like this week's episode, and share with a friend. Now let's get into this week's episode. Hi, I'm Shelby. And I'm Erica. And welcome to the All Things Melanin Podcast, where your certified hype women are getting you through the week. Be sure to subscribe so you'll never miss an update. Erica. Hey, girl. Hey. What's good? What's popping? What's happening? How you feeling? Girl, I am so excited and I'm finally ready to get out of here. <laughs> what I mean by that is we are going on your birthday trip. <laughs> yes, I am so excited about that. So anybody that really knows me knows that like I think that my birthday is a holiday. And if you don't think that my birthday is a holiday as well, we probably can't be friends. All my friends have just accepted this about me. And I love to like go big or go home. And so for the past couple of years, like I haven't been able to, you know, like celebrate my birthday like I want, but this is a monumental birthday. So by the time this episode drops, we will be preparing to go to Cabo for five days and four nights, all inclusive resort. And I am doing the up. Most I am so excited. I'm gonna have my four closest best friends with me. And listen, as the young people say, it's gonna be a time. It is going yes. to be a time. I am so excited. And I've never been to Cabo. Have you been to Cabo? A long time ago, but I was with my parents, and that don't to me, you gotta redo when you're not with your family. It was like on a cruise type of situation. Um, but Ooh. I really feel like you should always go big or go home, especially when you're approaching like a milestone birthday. Yeah. Man, you can't just sit at home. I mean, if you want to sit at home, that's you. But I feel like you should do something that will always be memorable with, like you just said, your closest friends. So I'm excited to get away to turn up to order my Don Julio with pineapple juice. <laughs> I am ready. Okay. <laughs> and it's all inclusive. So we're going to feel like it's unlimited, whatever, <laughs> or bottomless, <Yes>. whatever, <laughs> but it ain't, but <laughs> it's going to feel like that. So I'm super excited. Yeah, I'm super excited. And so I'm just excited, like I said, to get away to celebrate a monumental birthday and really just to reflect on my 20s. I feel like, first of all, I can't believe I'm not going to be in my 20s anymore. But like looking back, I feel like I have learned so many life lessons. I have evolved. I have grown. Um, I failed really hard, but I won really big and I've succeeded really big. And so anybody that's listening, I pray that you just you know, look back and know that you're doing a good job. Yeah. Yes. Because I will say it gets real from here. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. But I can't wait till, you know, we get back and then we're able to share our stories because I just feel like we'll have some great stories to share with everybody listening to our podcast. (laughs) Things that we want to share because our mamas do be listening. Okay. Right. Um, but speaking of friendships, that is perfect for us to go ahead and get into our dating and relationship segment for the day about friendships. So, um, Shelby, friendships are some of the most important important relationships we all have. So they're kind of like the family that we get to choose, right? So how do you determine if a friendship is actually worth nurturing or letting go? Yeah. So for me, like I'm at a point in my life where like, if I call you my friend, then I consider you my family. Like I just don't throw the word friend around because I feel like 
if you, like for instance, like if you're my friend, that means you have access to me. That means I will pull up for you. That means I will help you and do whatever I can. Like, like I'm really like ride or die. Like I'm really there to do life with you and evolve with you. If you've listened to the podcast, or if you've had a conversation with me about friends, I always say that like, I want people in my life that I can do life with. And you're, you're probably like, okay, she'll be like, what does that mean? Do life with. So I feel like a lot of times people want to be your friend and they want to be around you when you're successful, when you, when you're happy, when you're balling out, when you're getting the promotions, when you got the new car, when you got the apartment. But if we're being honest, friendship is not all rainbows and happiness and all of those things. Like there are going to be valley seasons in your life. There are going to be times when you're sad. There are going to be times when you're down. There are going to be times where life literally seems like it's screwing up and beating the fuck out of you. Excuse my language. But sometimes <laughs> it feels like life is doing that. And so when I look back over my past experiences, I found that sometimes when you go through those valley seasons in your life, um, that there's no one around to, you know, to lift you up or to encourage you. You know what I mean? And so when I say having friends in your life, that will do life with you. That just means that I'm not asking my friends to be able to fix my valley seasons. I'm not asking them to, you know, finance anything. I'm not asking for that. But what I'm saying is that like, can someone be your friend when you're not yourself? Can someone be your friend and pick you up when you have tears strolling down your face? Can someone be your friend when you're not positive patty all the time and you're not yourself? Like, are they going to have enough empathy and compassion to pray for you, to encourage you, to uplift you, and to ride this season out with you? I feel like so many times people always talk about being a ride or die for their man or their significant other, but are you ride or die for your friends? Now, I'm not saying let someone mistreat you and take advantage of you because there's a fine line between that, but I'm saying that for me, friendship, like I said, friends are the family that we get to choose. And so when I am looking at, you know, the friends that I have in my life, I'm really seeing a like, a, can they do life with me? Like, have they been able to evolve with me through life? Because if we're being honest, sometimes you fall out with people and it's beef, but sometimes you fall out with, but sometimes you, you're not as close with somebody and it's not beef. It's just life. You don't have anything in common anymore. You don't really talk anymore. You're just in different seasons of your life. I'm also looking at, in addition to, can you evolve with me? Like I'm looking at, do you celebrate me? Do you celebrate my wins? But do you also show up for me when I need you? Like, are you consistent? Are you the type of friend to me that I am to you? Like, I feel like in friendships, I'm a giver. And so one thing that Erica told me a while back, that I had to learn is that what I want to share with you all that's a little off topic is that like a lot of times when I think overall people know when they're a good friend and one thing that Erica had to tell me and remind me is that just because I show love in a certain way in friendships that doesn't mean that people have to reciprocate that same type of love but as long as they show up and they try and they give me their gift of friendship or whatever that is that's all that matters so I just want to put that tidbit in there but for me how do I feel like how do I know to answer your question because <laughs> you know I will ramble how do you determine <laughs> if a friendship is worth nurturing or letting go to me a friendship is worth nurturing if they show up for me if they do what they say they're gonna do if they are kind 
you know, if they, you know, pray over me, if we can do life together. But also, I think another important thing to me, we've talked about this in a past podcast episode, is if that friend creates a safe space for me. I think so many times people, particularly female friendships, get a bad rap for not being good friends and being good sister and not having like a genuine sisterhood. But like for me, I can tell if a friendship is worth nurturing just in our day-to-day, you know, interactions and how we handle things. For instance, I'll use Erica's example since we're doing this podcast together. Erica and I have been friends for almost a decade, <laughs> like six to seven years. We, we in that thing. <laughs> and, you know, when Erica and I first met, you know, we didn't, we met at work, so we didn't meet in college. So Erica and I had to essentially get to know each other. And if you've heard us talk about it, we each prayed for each other, but we didn't know that we were the friend that we were praying for. But obviously when we met each other, you know, you're optimistic about new friendships, but Erica didn't know nothing about me and I didn't know nothing about her. So we both had to, you know, show up as our authentic selves and be ourselves. And through the years, we were able to build trust. We were obviously able to build, um, you know, love because we love each other. We support each other. And, you know, through the years, Erica has supported me. She has uplifted me. She has prayed for me. She has showed up for me when I couldn't show up for myself. And she has just been a really good friend to me and somebody that I consider family. She's even made it to my favorites list in my phone. That's a big deal. I only have five people on my favorites list and two of those people are my parents. <laughs> so, so for me just using Erica as an example like that's a friendship that's worth nurturing because Erica puts in the same effort um that I put in and she shows up for me and she's just a really good kind and giving person like sometimes stuff will happen Erica will be more mad about it than me I'd be like friend it's okay it's cool like those are the things that you should look at in a friend and also check out how your body language is is about your friend. Like, are you scared to tell your friend something? Are you scared they're going to be jealous? Does like your body go into this weird, like shock, like, like, oh, I don't want to be around them or I can't share. or I can't tell them like, you should never be afraid to tell your friend something or share something with them, whether it's good or bad. They might not like it, but if you're friends, I feel like, you know, they should respect it. Um, for me, one thing that I know, and I'm going to say this, is that anytime you're supposed to let a friendship go. I think that you know deep deep down that you're supposed to let it go. One thing for me is that I've learned is if I don't let a friendship go that God has been tugging on my heart about, God will make something so dramatic happen that I have to let it go. <laughs> that I literally have to like dust my hands with a friendship. But I think for me, a friendship is not worth, you know, nurturing or maybe possibly letting go and fade into the background. Like if you all don't really have anything in common, if you don't support one another, if it's one-sided, if it's not a safe space, if you can't grow and evolve with them, if they're not kind, if they're not supporting you, if they're not encouraging you, but also if they are not making an effort to show up and be your friend or be your sister or be your brother. I think that friendships are two-way streets and I think sometimes it gets a little wopsided and for me I've learned that sometimes in some seasons um that one person may carry a little bit more of the load in friendship that's just how it is but even if one person is carrying more of the load if the other person is showing up and giving it their best that's all that matters I'll give you an example and then I'm gonna let Erica go so um, in 2020, April 2020, 
um, I've t- I said this before, but if I haven't, I'll say it again. I got laid off from my job. And so I was laid off for eight months. And the ironic thing is I interviewed super, super heavy, but like no door was opening for me. And so during that time period, a whole bunch of other stuff happened that just really felt like life was kicking my ass. And it was, it really beat me the fuck down. (laughs) And I literally did not have anything in me. If you know me, you know, I'm a positive person. You know, I'm a happy person. Like I usually have energy out the wazoo, but I just did not have it. And so in that season, Erica recognized, okay, like Shelby is not herself. (laughs) And she really gave me grace for that season. Like she didn't make me feel bad about not having it. She didn't make me feel bad about canceling stuff because I just mentally and emotionally could not show up for myself. But what she did do is encourage me. What she did do was pray for me. What she did do is, you know, just let me know like, hey, friend, if you can't do it, that's okay. Like I'm here to support you. She listened to me rant and rave and encourage me. And so for me, that's an example of what a friend is supposed to do. So I hope I answered your question. What do you think, friend? (laughs) No, I think you actually did answer the question. And it made the point that you made that really sticks out with me is friendships. To me, you can determine what's a real friendship when life actually gets hard. Mm -hmm. Because it's easy to turn up with you, celebrate with you, you know, throw ones with you. <laughs> I mean, not that we'd be doing that, but you know what I mean. <laughs> and it's a different thing if you if you really experience some real life situations and nobody's there for you. So I think that, you know, it doesn't necessarily have to be that dramatic to figure out, like, is that person fake or real? But I do remember this one activity my mom suggested that I do pertaining to relationships. But I think it could actually work in a friendship, too, because Mm -hmm. I really think, like we've always said, they're really similar um, relationships. So. She always suggested to have a list of pros and cons. Like if you feel like you're in this space of a friendship where you don't know if you should nurture it and you don't know if you should let it go, she said, write a list of pros and cons. Now, don't, I don't suggest to write this list when you're mad because it's going to be like 52 cons on there and like three pros <laughs> But because I've done that before. But if you literally are in the crossroads of that, you can write down, okay, pros how does this friendship nurture me how does this friendship pour into me what am I getting out of this friendship that's beneficial like what are the good things about having this friendship in my life and then the cons obviously what's what's causing the toxicity and things like that and it just really it's not really keeping a record of like oh they did this to me oh they owe me $25 oh they you know it's Mm -hmm. more so so you can put it in perspective to really say okay well maybe we could actually work through this that wasn't that bad I feel like maybe we just need a friendship break just pull pull um not be so clingy or attached to one another because sometimes friendships flourish more after they come through like a break because sometimes both parties need to grow and sometimes if they can't grow together they can grow apart and then they can come back that's happened that's happened to me in my life so I think that just a suggestion if you're trying to figure out should I nurture this should I let it go write a pros and cons list and then I also feel like in comparison to a relationship we always see all this stuff on social media about like oh you need to leave this this is a toxic relationship and if he doing this this is toxic well guess what friendships can be toxic too it's not Mm -hmm. just relationships so you Mm -hmm. have to be able to recognize what's toxic in the friendship because for me if it's something that's draining me 
if the only time I hear from you, it's because there's something dramatic going on in your life, but you have no idea what's going on in mine. You mm-hmm. don't, you're not here to support anything. Like that's kind of toxic or, you know, just like being one-sided or I feel like I'm being used, like things like that are toxic. So people need to realize that like, just because it ain't your man doesn't mean it's not a toxic um, relationship. And so what you were saying, Shelby, about like um, learning your friend's love language, I, I kind of just made that up, but <laughs> I feel like it's true. Like we all are friends differently. Like we all mm-hmm. have different unique ways about us that we offer in a friendship. And I think that that is what makes a good friendship. So um, just learn your friend's love language because maybe it's not something you need to let go. Maybe it is something you need to nurture. You just haven't figured out that person's love language as your friend. Um, And then let's see what else I wrote down. Um, For me personally, I think it honestly depends on what stage you are in your life. Because for me, I'm getting a lot more less tolerant with stuff. So <laughs> I just told Shelby off the air. I was like, I'm letting everybody go. I'm cutting everybody. She's like, friend, you can't, we can't cut everybody off. <laughs> I was like, why not? But really, in the past, like if I'm taking it all the way back to high school, I still have people in my inbox now from high school trying to like rekindle friendships. And I'm just like, it's no, like you said, no beef. It's really not no beef, but I'm just not interested in opening that friendship door back open just because I knew you in 2005. You know what I mean? So I feel like for me now, my point in my life, I'm very choosy and very selective of who I have around me, period. That's relationship, that's friendship. Um, And then being able to nurture your friendships, I think not only just calling and checking in, but, you know, setting up some, if you're in the same city, of course, setting up like dinner dates, because I think for me, Life can be life in, like you always say, Shelby, and mm-hmm. you just kind of, everybody just is in their own world. And sometimes we forget to like check in or we forget to like set a date to do something together. So I think just mm-hmm. being more intentional, that's the way you can be nurturing. Letting go, don't take my advice and just like cut everybody off. But <laughs> I do believe that everybody does deserve a chance to like, for a conversation, like let them know, mm-hmm. okay, this is what you're doing that's hurting me. And this is what's causing our relationship to like, take a downfall and mm-hmm. give that person a chance to correct it. If they don't correct it, then you can let it go. Um, so I think that's all I got to say for that one. Um, oh, last thing I want to say, um, just like we pray for our man and our husband and our Adam mm-hmm. and all of that, pray for your friendships. Oh yeah. That is so important. Pray for your friendships because those are going to be the people that can, you know, be there in the hard times. You never know who you can meet that could connect you and take you to the next level in your life. Like mm-hmm. pray over these types of people, not just Lord, where my man. Okay. So that would be my, that would be my advice. <laughs> um, all right. So let's keep it moving to our journey segment, which is where Shelby and I will discuss um, what we have learned um, in building our brand, All Things Melanin. So we're going to talk about dreaming, the power of dreaming. So people underestimate the power of dreaming. So dreaming is often the first step in going after your dream, right? So let's dream out loud. We're always encouraging everybody to dream big. So Shelby, what's one thing that you are dreaming big for? And what's one of your wildest dreams for yourself? Okay. Yeah. So like Erica said, like we're really, really big on dreaming. I think for me, and I've, I've said this to Erica before, like I think, I think dreaming is the first step of like 
living your wildest dreams and having your dream job, whatever that may be, or living the life that you've always envisioned and created for yourself. Um, recently, um, I realized that I had stopped dreaming. <laughs> like I had just gotten so caught up in life and just trying to, you know, make sure I'm being like a good friend or make sure that I'm doing good in my job and just doing all these other things. So like, I forgot to remind myself, like, what do I want on my life? I don't feel like there's an age limit on dreaming. I feel like all ages can dream. And I feel like dreaming keeps you youthful. Dreaming keeps you hopeful. And it keeps you going on those days where you like, guy, what else is there? <laughs> so two things that I want to share. I'm going to share uh, a dream that I have for all things melanin um, that I'm dreaming and praying and wishing for. And then I'm going to share a dream that I have for myself personally. So. Um, a dream that I have for all things melanin um, is for, obviously for Erica and I's uh, brand and our podcast con- to, to continue to grow and to flourish, but I would really, really love, so one of my biggest and wildest dreams for Erica and I is to moderate a panel at the Essence Festival or be guests on a panel. Um, that's just my wildest dream because if you don't know, um, Erica and I's brand essentially developed after we came back from Essence. We, the cliff notes of the story is Erica and I have been going to Essence Fest together and we went one year. And if you've never been to Essence Fest, I really encourage that you go at least once. The The people are calling it Auntie Con now, but your girl went from the ages of 25 to like 29. I had a great time. We had, the, we lived our best lives, <laughs> but um, we went to Essence Fest and, you know, a lot of times, you know, Erica and I are in spaces and places that don't look like us. Like, you know, being young black women, a lot of the times in our jobs, um, in our careers, <laughs> um, we're the only black person. And so it's really us against us <laughs> or us against everybody else. And I'm not saying that in a mean way because our our jobs don't treat us like that. Um, and they're kind to us and they take care of us, all that stuff. I want to make that disclaimer. But as a black woman, you already know that there are only certain things that you can get away with. And there are certain things that you can't say. Like I sometimes I feel like I walk on eggshells. So I love Essence, I love Essence Fest because it's a space and a place for black women to go and feel encouraged, to feel motivated, and to leave inspired. And after leaving there, Erica and I, you know, came back and we essentially created our brand and launched All Things Melanin like three months later. And so for me, that's one of my biggest dreams because for our brand to originate from going to Essence Fest and then going back and moderating or being on a panel, I think for me, that would be a real, that would be a full circle moment for us because I know that we could add value and it would just be a really cool experience. So that's one dream that I, that's my big dream that I'm dreaming for us for all things melanin. Um, and then my personal goal. So if y'all don't know, I'm a, I'm a really big dreamer and I'm an ideas person. Um, and I shoot out like a thousand ideas. Like sometimes I feel like I overwhelm Erica with just ideas that I have. And she'd be like, mm-hmm, friend, you can do it. I know you can. You got it in you. <laughs> but one of um, my biggest goals for myself. So I really, really enjoy working in corporate America because I like having a steady check and good insurance. That's on that. 
Um, so, but um, one of my biggest dreams for myself is I want to essentially be in the media or entertainment industry in some type of capacity, like um, Daily Pop or uh, like you see, like people talking about pop culture and things like that. And so um, about a year or two ago or during quarantine, I started a travel podcast and I talk about all things travel and food. And if you know me, you know, I love to go and you know, I love to eat. I am the person that's always getting the content. At this point, my friends just go along with it. At this point, they send me stuff that they would like to participate in when we're on a trip together. And so I think for me, one of my um, biggest goals for myself is to grow my personal brand, which is my blog, shelbybrenner.com, and my Travel Connect podcast, and really just create a community for people to share their travel stories and their experiences, and really just launch a career for myself to become a media personality. So I've actually never said that out loud. <laughs> I've only wrote that in my journal. So that's is my two big things that I am believing and dreaming for. What about you, friend? What is one thing that you're dreaming big for all things melanin and one thing that you're dreaming big for personally? You know, it's so crazy, friend, is I lit when for the all things melanin thing, I literally wrote down before you said it, full circle moment. So that would, because obviously I'm talking, I'm going to say something about Essence Fest as well. And I think obviously <laughs> that makes sense. That we have the same dream for our same thing. But <laughs> um, to add to you saying, you know, moderating panels or being invited to be on a panel, I think to add to that, it'd be really cool for us to possibly do like a live podcast show mm-hmm. at Essence. I think that that would be amazing. I think our content definitely is relatable, even at, if it is an auntie con by the time we get there. But it's so <laughs> crazy that I wrote Full Circle Moment as well. So I feel like that's confirmation, Lord. Um, where you at? So, um, so that would also, of course, be my wildest dreams for all things Melanin. I think that is that would be amazing. Like, I can see it. I could literally see us up on stage, either interviewing celebrities or not non-celebrities, just whoever it is. And doing our podcast show too like I can see it and I think that's important like if you can see it Mm -hmm. then to me it is possible it's not like so crazy like girl you tripping ain't nobody calling you from essence to get you to go to no New Orleans (laughs) like nobody is going to um think like that if you can dream it so for me personally that's a tough question because I just remember creating my vision board from earlier this year and I was the only person in my little vision board group that had it filled up to the rim. I mean, from the top to the bottom, left to the right. So I got a lot of dreams, but I'll stick to professionally what my biggest dream is. And it would honestly be to be a full-time entrepreneur. So everything that I have created, including all things melanin, you know, having that to be substantial to where we're making substantial income to where, that could be a stream. And then also um, for me and my interior design business, ELM Interiors, for that to have its own, you know, um, to that, for that to launch and, and be its own thing. And then also um, for, you know, what I do on YouTube with Erica's Diary, I think all of these different creative projects, if those could be supplement the income, because I'm like you, I love a 
a steady corporate paycheck and insurance and all that. But also I'm like, my passion's not there right now at least. Mm -hmm. So I feel like my passion would be in that full-time entrepreneurship. So I do want to give a tip to anybody who is, you know, has some big dreams or has just started something. And because we, like we said, dreaming is the first step. And for me, my dreams could be so big. I get so intimidated to where I get overwhelmed. And I'm like, girl, you're not there yet. Like, how can you expect to be at day 50 if you just mm-hmm. dreamed it last night? You know what I mean? So right. um, for anybody that what one thing that I learned that I want to share is I recently wrote down the vision. First of all, write, write it down so you can see it on paper and pray over it. But mm-hmm. then also, for instance, one thing that I wrote down for ELM interiors was that I would be able to have mentorship or become a part of a group of people that are already doing the damn thing that I want to do, right? And so I joined this group called Black Interior Designers of DFW. They are so dope. And I went to their first event um, a couple of weeks ago, and um, it was great. And for me personally, when I know I have this big dream in my mind and all I did was launch an idea and I'm still kind of like, I don't really know how this is going to end up. I have my own idea of what I want it to be, but Um, I always get intimidated in settings like that because not only because of kind of like social anxiety, you don't know people, whatever, but also I feel like I, there's so much I don't know. And so that can be intimidating for me. So um, I actually went and it turned out to be great. And it was the only time that I felt like I belonged there. When I go to work, I feel like I don't belong there. So it really said something for me to do something that I'm passionate about and putting myself out there and meeting people that are like-minded and that are building their brands the same kind of way in the same industry and me feeling welcomed and like I belong there. So my advice would be is to get into rooms with people that dream just as big as you because Mm. when you share your big dreams to small people, Mm. they they not gonna understand and then you're gonna feel like you crazy and then you could possibly just forget your dream um but also when you get in those rooms with people um that dream big most of the time they are people that are actually doing those dreams which is great so what I tell myself is don't be intimidated by that learn from it soak up the knowledge get you a mentor because after you dream it and after you write it down and after you put your first step down, then it's like, okay, I actually got to put in the work. Like, you know, we all, we all have faith in our dreams, but like, if you ain't putting in the work, then it's just not going to happen. So that would be my suggestion for anybody that dreams just as big as Shelby and I. Um, But I have no doubt that your dreams, friend, my dreams are going to come to pass and probably bigger and better than any of us ever have thought of. So I'm excited. Yeah. And just to piggyback off Erica, I think that I'm so glad we talked about dreaming because I don't think a lot of people dream. And I think that sometimes people think that they're too old to dream or their dream is too big or their dream is silly. Like there, no dream is too big, no dream is too silly. And there is not an age limit on dreaming. So I really hope that whoever this is for, that this encourages you to keep dreaming, to keep going, and to do what God has called you to do. It doesn't matter if you think that the lane that you're going to be in is saturated. If you go down the bread aisle, there are like six or seven different types of bread brands, and neither one of them have stopped making bread. So if God has called you to it or you feel led to do something, 
do it. It doesn't matter if you feel like it's oversaturated. It doesn't matter if you don't think people are going to support you. Like God will bring people out the woodworks to support you. God will bring people that you don't even know to support you and to encourage you and to share. And I think that one thing that we have to do when we're dreaming, I think the hardest thing to do is just to do it and just to launch it. We can create the ideas. We can map it out. We can even get the social media handles. We can create all the graphics. We got the business plan. But the hardest thing to do is just to do it and to launch it. So whatever it is, we're encouraging you to launch the business to start the podcast, to start the YouTube channel, to launch the TikTok, to, you know, get your vendor list, whatever it is, this is your confirmation to just do it and bet on yourself. Amen. (laughs) Um, All right. So let's keep it moving to our mentor moment. So this is when Shelby and I will read a listener's letter and then we're going to give our advice on it. So the letter reads, hi, Erica and Shelby, I need some help. So lately I've been dealing with imposter syndrome. I've been really hard on myself about everything, asking myself if I deserve the relationship I'm in, the nice things that I have, the six-figure role I have. I have a bad case of imposter syndrome. So have you ever dealt with imposter syndrome and do you have any tips on how to overcome it? Yes, I have dealt and deal with um, imposter syndrome. I think, you know, honestly, I think it's, okay. I think we have normalized imposter syndrome. And I think that somewhere down the line, someone has made us question our value, our intelligence and what we bring to the table. And so I've had to unlearn that. (laughs) So first and foremost, to anybody that's listening, You belong in any room that you're in and you belong in any room that you want to be in, period. And I think that's important to say and to state because I feel like a lot of times we don't think that we're enough when in reality we're more than enough. A lot of times, um, and I feel like this is more a woman thing because, and I say it's more of a woman thing. I'll give you an example. For example, like if there's a job posting, a man cannot be as qualified or know or have all the qualities, but he will apply. A woman can have 90% of those qualities and won't apply because she doesn't think that she's good enough. And so I think that in order to deal with imposter syndrome and to overcome imposter syndrome, you have to admit that you have imposter syndrome and you have to, and you have, and I want you to ask yourself like, why do you think that you don't deserve the nice things? Why don't you think you deserve the nice relationship? or the six-figure role, or the nice things that you have. Because if you have them, God wants you to have them, and you deserve them, and you've obviously worked really, really hard for them. That's the first thing, is asking yourself and getting to the bottom of why you don't deserve those things. And I think the next thing that you have to do is, like I said, you have to unlearn that, and you have to reverse that negative self-talk that you have going on in your head. Um, I really believe that whatever you believe you are and whatever you think you are, you are. And so if you have negative thoughts in your head, if you tell yourself that you don't deserve your your relationship, if you tell yourself that you don't deserve your six figures, if you tell yourself that you don't deserve the life that you worked hard for, then do you? And I think when you I think when you have all that negativity stored up in you, then that can allow 
you know, a domino effect, a domino effect of things to happen. Because for instance, like if you're in a relationship and you have a partner that is doing everything right, he's kind, y'all are compassionate, but you have so much negativity around, like, do I deserve you? Uh, why are you with me? That's going to get old real fast. Because obviously if somebody is with you, they love you, they care about you, they're ready to rock it out with you. And I think that every time that you have a negative self-thought, you need to say something positive and something kind. So if you say, for example, the six of man, I don't, do I really deserve my six figure role? Instead of saying, saying that, say, you know what? When that thought pops up, say, Hey, you know what? I'm so thankful for my six figure role because I worked really, really hard for it. And then after that, go down your list of accolades. I don't also, I don't think enough of us brag on our accomplishments because I think that there are so many people that are doing great things, whether small, medium, or large. A win is a win, and an accomplishment is an accomplishment. So I would encourage you to have a brag jar. What is a brag jar? I'm glad you asked. So anytime something positive happens, or you get a win, or you accomplish something, or something good happens, like put it in a jar. Like there's nothing too small or too big to be an accomplishment or to be uh, a celebration. And then when you're having a bad day and that self-doubt starts to cloud your judgment, like go in and pull something out and start, you know, reading those things. I think another thing that's really important is you have to surround yourself with people that are that know that they belong in the room. Because I think that sometimes if you hang out with people that aren't positive or you hang out with people, you know, that don't have a like, I belong in the room mentality, then I think that that can contribute to, you know, imposter syndrome. Because I think that sometimes another way that we get into imposter syndrome is that a lot of times people don't see the hard work that you put in, like they just see the result. And so I always say like, a lot of times people will talk and a lot of times people will put self-doubt in your mind too. So make sure that you're not hanging out with anybody that's doing that. Because if you got enough time to talk about me, you're not working hard enough. So just making sure that you're surrounding yourself with people who encourage you, who love you and support into you. I think that over the years, I've gotten a lot better <laughs> about overcoming my imposter syndrome. But also I feel like at the time, at the point that I am in my life, that my friends and I, we always encourage one another. We big up one another. We celebrate all wins. There is no win too little or too small. And then I've just had to remind myself that I belong in any room that I am in. I belong in any room that I want to be in. And honestly, I just go down my accolades. I go down the education. I go down the roles. I go down the accomplishments. And I don't think that that is a bad thing. I think that society, particularly for women, I think that society really wants the humble women. And I don't know if you're black or not, but I think society really wants the humble black women in particular. And I ain't got time for it. Like, I'm not here for it. And so I think that you really also have to speak positivity over yourself. And I think that you have to talk to yourself like you're the shit because you are. I always say, like, if you don't believe you the shit, if you don't believe in yourself, if you don't hype yourself up, then you can't expect anybody else to. And sometimes I fake it, but yeah, that's my answer. What about you, friend? Sorry. 
I, girl, I had actually had to look up imposter syndrome, the definition. I mean, I know we've talked about it before, but I just wanted to read the like actual definition for anybody that doesn't really know. Um, so it says that imposter syndrome is loosely defined as doubting your abilities and feeling like a fraud. It disproportionately affects high achieving people who find it difficult to accept their accomplishments. Many question whether they're deserving of accolades. So, um, what I can add to that, which I agree to everything that you said, Fran, because I think that especially when you're stepping into uncharted territory or something new or the unknown, it can be very intimidating. And for me, like I was just kind of saying in the journey segment, like stepping into a room where people have dreams that are just as big as yours or bigger than you. And you're kind of looking at yourself like, well, do I belong here? Because I actually was talking myself all the way down the highway. Like, do you even belong to step in there? Like these people have been literally doing this for their whole life and you're stepping in here. Like, so I think that it's really just a battle of the mind. So I'm glad that you made the point of what you think you are. Cause that is so true. I think we need to start speaking more positively over ourselves. Maybe um, tips to overcome it is just speak positive affirmations. Girl, go to our Instagram page, all things melanin <laughs> underscore underscore. There'll be affirmations <laughs> on there for you to repeat to yourself. But um, no, seriously, I think that that could be one way or one tip to overcome it. Also, another thing for me that kind of imposter syndrome starts to develop is like, I may feel proud of what I've achieved in the past or currently or whatever. And then I look on social media and I see someone that mm -hmm. has achieved even more. So it's like, I think another tip would be to stop comparing yourself. I think we all do it even subconsciously. Like I don't get, get on here and like, well, let me see what she did. Like, no, it's really something that happens because of much as much social media that we consume and people are always putting out their highlight reel. So it's kind of like another tip would be if you feel like that you find yourself comparing people on, I mean, comparing yourself to people, maybe kind of pull back from social media or maybe unfollowing some of those people that make you feel that kind of, or you, for some reason you feel that kind of way. Um, and then just recognizing that, be proud of yourself. Like I remember for me, I had like opportunities come my way. And I remember saying to my mom, I said, why me mama? I was like, why little old me? She said, why not you? So I think that that's what we have to approach, uh, the things that we're trying to do or go after or achieve is like, not instead of why me, like, why not you? <laughs> um, and you know, I think that, it all all comes down to actually accepting that God is blessing you and God is putting you in a position and um, not only to just to bless you, but to be a blessing to other people. So I think once we kind of change our perspective on what the purpose of us even achieving these accolades or achieving whatever is there's a bigger purpose behind it. But I think that the struggle is always going to kind of be there, kind of like when you get like I was saying, I get nervous walking into a room of people. It's because that's always going to be there, but that doesn't mean that I'm not going to go into the room. So I think mm -hmm. that imposter syndrome is something, especially when you keep leveling up, you keep going to the next level, the next level, the next level, then I feel like imposter syndrome could possibly always be something that we kind of battle with because it's, again, uncharted territory. It was like, well, I have these achievements, but I don't know if I deserve it. I don't know if I deserve to be in this room. So I think it's just something that goes back to how we talk to ourselves, how we affirm ourselves. And um, I agree with you, Shelby, when you said we need to celebrate ourselves more, especially black women. You cannot silence us. We gonna, I said what I said. <laughs> um, so I feel like I hope that makes sense with uh, the tips that on how you could um, overcome it. Girl, we all out here trying to figure it out too. So. Mm -hmm. 
If you guys out there have any questions that you want us to answer, send us an email to allthingsmelanintv at gmail.com or slide in our DMs at allthingsmelanin underscore underscore. So we are going to leave you with words of encouragement. Okay, so our words of encouragement come from 2 Peter 3 and 9. The Lord isn't really being slow about his promise, as some people think. No, he is being patient for your sake. He does not want anyone to be destroyed, but wants everyone to repent. Y'all, let me tell you something. Hmm. Okay, so when I was reading this Bible verse, um, this really resonated with me. Um, you know, I've been praying and believing uh, God for a lot of things in my life. There are things that I've been praying and believing God for that for years that just came to fruition lately. And there are things that I'm praying, believing God for now that I'm literally like, why God? Like, why haven't you allowed this to happen? Why are you being so slow? Is it going to happen? And we said this before, but like, one thing that I'm constantly reminded about is that like, my will is not God's will and my time is not God's time. And for me, this Bible verse is a reminder that like, God will deliver on his promise, but God is only going to deliver on what his will is for our life in his time. I think a lot of times we mess up our blessings. Um, and the things that God wants for us because we're not being patient and we don't have faith that God is going to deliver. And so when we get impatient, we go do things that God never intended us to do, or we go get things that God never intended us to have and we mess it up and then we want God to fix it. I'm talking to myself really, but if somebody else can relate, okay. And so Whatever you're believing and praying and hoping God for, I'm just really praying that you would just give him a chance, that you would just pause, that you would pray, that you would be patient, and that you would have faith that he is going to deliver. Another thing that I just wanted to point out is that a lot of times looking back on the things that I've been praying and asking God for, like the thing that you're praying and believing God for, like, are you really ready for it? Like, are you really prepared for it? That husband that you want have you done the inner work that you need to do so that you can keep a good man or that you can be a good mom and that you can have a healthy household like that business that you want to launch have you done the business plan have you researched what type of structure you need to do have you outlined taxes have you did all the groundwork that you need to do and i think and i said that to say that a lot of times in the waiting phase of our life, God is prepping us for what we prayed for so that when we get it, we can hit the ground running. And so really for me, my word of encouragement to you today is really just to be patient in whatever you're praying and believing God for and whatever it is, whatever work you need to do to get ready and to be prepared for the blessing that you're asking for do that work. So when it comes, you can hit the ground running and you can really, really enjoy it. What about you, friend? Yes, I love that. And I think for me, I just, I really struggle with the patience thing. Like, I'm like, God, you made me. So you already know I ain't got it. But um, so it, what really sticks out to me is when it says he is being patient for your sake. Like mm -hmm. sometimes I will get in my own mind, my own ego, my own head. Like, well, God, like what are we waiting on? Like, I mean, I'm ready. Like what are we doing? Why are we waiting? Mm -hmm. But 
it's for your sake. And so I feel like you made a great point, Shelby, about like, well, are you actually ready? Did you actually do the work? Are you actually in position to receive? Because a lot of times we not. So my biggest fear is being so impatient that kind of like you said, I outstep God or overstep him or make a move without his confirmation. That's my biggest um, worry. And so I feel like what he's dealing with me right now is his timing. And I'm a bit, I'm a time person, but when we think about God, like he's eternal. So what is time to an inter- eternal God? You know what I mean? So I feel like yeah. for me, I just got to trust his timing, trust his will. I don't know what my life holds in the next two days. So you know what I mean? So I think that yeah. it's important that I just, for me, I'm just going to continue to practice patience and literally trust the timing of God. So that's what it means to me. Okay. Well, I'm going to close this out in a word of prayer. Close your eyes. Bow your head. If you're driving, do not do that. Sway with it. Here we go. Heavenly Father, we come to you as humble as we know how. First and foremost, not to ask you for anything, but to thank you for everything. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your kindness. Thank you just, Lord Jesus, for each for everything that you've done for us and our listeners, Lord Jesus. We're praying for each and every person that has assembled to listen to this podcast. We don't know what's on their mind. We don't know what they're enduring or going through, but we know that you do. I pray that you would cover them. I pray that you would keep them. I pray that you would protect them. And I pray that you would allow them to persevere and to be successful in all areas of their life. Lord Jesus, I pray for the relationships in their life. I pray they have healthy romantic relationships. I pray they have healthy friendships, Lord Jesus. I pray that, Lord Jesus, whatever their dreams and their visions are for their life, Lord Jesus, that you would give them confirmation on what to do, Lord Jesus, and how to do it. I pray you would allow their dreams to flourish, Lord Jesus, and give them confirmation on the purpose that you've given them, Lord Jesus. I'm praying for anybody that is dealing with imposter syndrome. I pray that they know that they belong in each and every room, Lord Jesus, that they are invited to in the rooms that they want to go to. I pray that they know that there are enough I pray that they know they are intelligent, that they are beautiful, and that you have equipped them with everything that they need to be successful in all areas of their life. I thank you, Lord Jesus, for the person that has just taken the time out to be a part of this community, to support us, and to listen to us, Lord Jesus. We pray that they leave feeling encouraged. We pray that they will leave feeling motivated, and we pray that they know that they are loved, and we are so thankful for them. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen.